You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, 12s? This is Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 12. I'm Michael Bumpus, along with Nasty Shelby. The Hawks go on the road. They're going to Philly to play primetime football on Monday. But before we get into it, here's Nasty Shelby with the injury updates. Thanks, Bump. Well, uh, lots of injury news to report for the Seahawks after the weekend off. Um, I will start on a positive note. Shaquille Griffin and Chris Carson, who have been out since week seven, both returned to the practice field, which is a great sign for Monday night. They did get out there today, yeah, and, uh, and got to work. You know, they were doing, doing all the regular practice stuff today, so it's a good, good sign. Starting center Ethan Posick, who missed the last two games with a concussion, also returned to practice, so that's a good sign. Running back Rashad Penny, who is getting closer. As you know, he's been on the injured list since tearing his ACL against the Rams last December. Uh, he's not quite ready to go, but won't practice this week, but we're hoping to get him back next week. On the negative side, running back Bo Scarborough and tight end Stephon Sullivan are both placed on IR. And lastly, starting right tackle Brandon Shell, who got rolled up on during the Cardinals game last Thursday night, will be a game-time decision. Brandon, he's still hobbling a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a close call to the game. I can't tell you what's going to happen now, but he needs every day. Um, tough guy, big, strong guy. Sometimes they can handle this a little bit better than other guys. Um, we'll see. So it's really day to day with him. So that's a good wrap on the injury report. Hoping Shell can go. All right, just a reminder before we get going, join us each and every Thursday from noon to 2 for The Huddle, hosted by Jake, Stacy, and Dave Wyman. It's your chance to hear directly from the Seahawks players as they prepare for Sunday and preview the game ahead with the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel and Ray Roberts. Time to get going. Who's next? The Philadelphia Eagles. Who's next? Like Nas said, the Philadelphia Eagles are next. They are three, six, and one in second place in the oh-so-competitive NFC East. <laughs> now, now, as I'm looking at their record, the red, their losses and tie are in red. But I'm going to focus on the black because I think that tells a story. Who have they beaten? They've beaten the San Francisco 49ers, banged up, the Giants, and the Dallas Cowboys, not to mention they lost to the Giants as well. I guess two good losses would be Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. They only lost by two to the Baltimore Ravens, but everywhere else, man, they've lost to Washington football team, L.A. Rams, Cincinnati, the Giants, the Browns. This isn't a very good football team right now, and you're going to want to focus on the quarterback. He has some decision-making issues, but he's still the most talented dude on that football team at this point. Uh, last week, what they do last week, they lost to an ugly game to the Cleveland Browns, 22 to 17. That was the Browns first victory over the Eagles <laughs> since 94. I was eight years old in 94. Now. Oh my goodness. I was, uh, I was three and a half, bro. Like <laughs> it's been a minute, but, uh, so the thing about that game was it was sloppy. Like you mentioned, they had four first half penalties, two for 12 on third downs and three turnovers. And that's just the issue with them, man. They, they don't take care of the football and they're, they're, they're just struggling. They're just finding ways to get things done. Carson Wentz, as you mentioned, on Sunday, 21 for 35, 235 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked five times and once for a safety bump. Not good. And low-key, he should have had four interceptions. 
Yeah. One um, in the end zone. I think they called it. It wasn't a catch, I guess, but he was in great position. There was another one in the middle of the field. Nasty should have had four interceptions. There were two that were dropped. They're not called interceptions. Is it his decision making? Is he forcing it? I don't know. We're going to find out soon. Uh, Miles Sanders. Yeah, 66 rushing yards on 16 carries, but he had a costly fumble just turning the ball over. The Hawks know all about turning the ball over and losing football games. That's not a recipe for success, turning over the ball. You must have ball security, job security. You get W's that way. Philadelphia, not getting W's as of late. No, and uh, and what's happening is it's giving a lot of fuel to the fire for that Jalen Hurts crowd. They're starting to get a lot louder, especially in the mm-hmm. ball cities, Philadelphia. Um Head coach Doug Peterson said after the game that he's sticking with Wentz against Monday night against the Seahawks, and he said if he would to replace Carson Wentz, it'd be sending the wrong message to your football team that the season was over. When times get tough, sometimes that might be the easy thing to do. Um, this sport is bigger than one guy. We all have a hand in it, and we'll all have to fix it. Now, Bump, that's a that's a weird thing. I appreciate you standing up for your guy. But to yeah. say that sends the wrong message, you could also say it sends the right message because we want guys to compete exactly. and you're not doing your job. So yeah, I don't that, know that, how that plays in the locker room. That's where I'm at. I'm kind of like, okay, if Carson Wentz ain't doing his job, let's get the rookie in and see if he can mix things up. You saw Tua get benched because he wasn't getting the job done in the middle of the game and yep. got Fitzpatrick in there. I guess that's there's always what? Half half full, half empty. Right. He's on the half half uh, half full side at this <laughs> point because I think some of these veterans might be calling for Jalen Hurts. And I said it beginning this year. I said it's going to be a time when Hurts is going to be asked to step in and do his thing. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, but they should at least sprinkle him in. It has yeah. to be a Jalen Hurts package in that offense, right? Absolutely. I think I think you you, you went and drafted him early. You did that for a reason. You'd think right. So and I understand. I like the head coach supporting his quarterback, but I wish he would have just said, no, Wentz is our guy, period. But once you talk about sending the wrong message, I just he kind of lost me there. You lose me. You lose me. All right, let's talk about this head-to-head comparison. All right, we all know the Hawks' offense is doing their thing. They're ranked fourth in the league. Philadelphia's offense is ranked 26th. Their rush offense, 12. Their pass offense, 28th. In those three categories, the Hawks are top 10. And then you go to points per game, the Hawks are second averaging 31 and the Philadelphia Eagles are 24th, averaging 22. Carson Wentz, man, how fast has this fall off been? And he's the quarterback of this team. He's been banged up. I get all of that. But end of the day, when you look at offensive stats and where they rank, your eyes go directly to the quarterback, right? Yeah, it kind of has to. I mean, you look at third down offense, they're 28th, only converting 37% of the time. Um, their red zone offense is okay. They're converting 63% of the time. But when you're not scoring points, and you're not racking up any yards, of course, it starts with the guy who has the ball in his hands every play. And uh, the way he's turning the ball over, it's just tough um, offensively for them right now. And I think, I think that's a really good sign for the Seahawks defense. They, built, they had a great second half against, um, against the Rams, and they had a great game against the Cardinals last week. So this is going to be a good matchup for them, and I think this is another week where they can build their confidence. Speaking of defense... The Eagles are a better defensive team than the Seahawks. Surprise, right? Total defense, they're ranked 10th. The Hawks are ranked 32nd. Rush defense there. The Phillies 25th. The Hawks are 4th. Pass defense, Philly 6th. The Hawks 32nd. Not a surprise here. I don't expect this defense to be ranked above anybody at this point, but I still believe in this defense. I still see the improvements in this defense. This is where numbers lie. Numbers don't tell you the last couple weeks they've held their opponents under 30 points. Numbers don't tell you the last couple of weeks they've 
spin, but they haven't broken and given this offense a chance to win the game. So when we start talking defensive stats, I don't zone out, but I, I don't I don't give it too much merit because we watch this team every week. We see the changes that are being made. Oh, no question about it. I think we've been saying this all year. Too much damage was done early on. I mean, all those yep. games given up well over 400 yards, 400 yards passing. The damage has been done. It's just like your GPA, great point average. You screw around your first year and you get a 0.0. I don't care if you get 4.0 the rest <laughs> of the way. You're still going to look bad. So it kind of is what it is. And I think the cool thing, at least uh, the last thing we'll say about this head-to-head thing, is um, turnover differential. The Seahawks had a rough stretch in there. They were leading the league pretty much through the first five games. They dropped a little bit. They're plus one to the 12th in the league. But the Eagles are minus nine. That comes in at 30. Great sign for this defense because they like to give that ball away. Turn the rock over. All right, let's get to know these two teams. Know your history. Know your history. All right, season record between these guys in the regular season is 10-7 with the Seahawks leading it. The last win for Philly, you have to go all the way back to 2008. The Seahawks have won six straight, including the last meeting where the Seahawks beat the Eagles 17-9 in the wildcard playoffs. Biggest story of that game was uh, Jadeveon Clowney knocking out Carson Wentz out of the ballgame after just the second drive of the game. This is a whole thing nationally, at least in Philly. was not a dirty play. Clowney's not a dirty player. He was going after the quarterback, made a play. Unfortunately, Carson got knocked out. Um, but really what happened was I think the nation finally got to see what DK Metcalf is all about. Goes in motion. Russell play fake. Now he's going to throw down the middle. Got a man. Metcalf makes the catch diving. He is in for a touchdown. Seahawks. What a play by the rookie DK Metcalf. Gets in behind the secondary. Makes a diving catch. Hits the ground. Gets back up. And then drags a defender to the end zone. 53 yards. What a play by number 14. Simply spectacular, and the Seahawks lead by 10. So DK set a Seahawks record for receiving yards in a playoff game. We had 162 and an NFL record of receiving yards by a rookie in his debut. So that was definitely the coming out party for DK Metcalf. DK, DK. I'm on the bandwagon, man. I'm a believer. You called it earlier. You called him a superstar. I'm like, oh, he's a rising star. Nah, he's a superstar. It's official. DK, mad respect. All right, let's get to know the NFC West. What's the word in the West? Where my soldiers at? West side. Where my soldiers at? West side. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? What's the word in the West? L.A. Rams, Seattle Seahawks sitting on top of this division at seven and three. You got the Cardinals at six and four. San Fran at four and six. Now the Hawks beat the Cardinals on Thursday, and I'm like, come on, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. do us a solid. Take care of these Rams. It looked like hot potato between Tom Brady and Jared Goff. No, you you win the game. No, you win the game. No, you win the game. I, they just couldn't get it done. Jared Goff, say what you want about Jared Goff. He will panic. He will turn the ball over. But when he gets it out of his hands quickly and gets it to those guys on the outside with with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, damage will be done. And that's what we saw against a pretty good Tampa Bay defense. Because of that, they're sitting up top with the Actually, they hold the tiebreaker. So they're leading the West yeah, right now 7-3. Or, or excuse me, the records are both 7-3. What you got, Nass? Well, here's the thing about that Monday night game. First of all, Tom Brady, I'm just going to call it out, man. He looked old. That was I have never seen yeah. that Tom Brady. He looked not – I think you said this on Danny Gallant. Um, he just didn't look like he had confidence in what he was doing. Though Those throws, his interceptions were not confident throws. He kind of looked yep. – a couple times, I'm like, he's just putting his foot in the ground, not wanting to get hit and throwing the football. And you're like, that's 
There was no conviction in that. I mean, and then for Bruce Arians said one of them, he kind of got hit. Another one, he misread the coverage. Uh, that, I don't know what he mean, misread the coverage. There was a free safety in the <laughs> middle of the field. He didn't disguise anything. He just dropped no. it. You had a guy running down the hash. He, he threw it right to him. I don't, I don't know if that was misreading the coverage. I think he just got the ball out of his hand, panicked a little bit. You saw him throw the ball twice uh, where he got batted down, and he threw the ball again. It was just <laughs> – it was weird, and it just sucked because all the times we're usually rooting against Tom Brady and the times that mm-hmm. we really needed to, like, help us out a little bit, couldn't get it done. So I thought that was interesting. But back to the Rams, man. That is not how they like to win football games. 20 carries, 37 rush yards. Jared Goff threw the ball 51 times. I mean, that's usually not a recipe for success for the Rams. No, it's not. It was 39 for 51, 376 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He played all right. I mean, he did throw some interceptions, but he played better than Tom Brady, enough to get it done. And Cooper Cup, other than the receivers for the Seattle Seahawks, Cooper Cup is my guy. I, I mean, when he doesn't play the Hawks, I root for Cooper Cup. Love this dude. He's from Washington. He's underrated. Uh, what do you have? 11 catches, 145. And then this boy, Robert Woods, had 12 for 130. And most of their yards come after the catch. Yep. These dudes get loose. That's what scares me about this team. All we learned is the Rams aren't going anywhere. And the matchup on the 27th against the Hawks is probably going to decide the division. I call it a mini Super Bowl. Just a little little playoff taste. A little, little uh, division Super Bowl is what we're going to call that no, game. It's, it's, like it's it. going to be a good one. No, I think so because I think the, the Niners are obviously out of the picture. I think the fact that the Rams and the Cardinals play each other twice might take the Cardinals out of the picture. The Seahawks have uh, the easiest you know, strength of schedule for the next four weeks. So I think the Seahawks going to run the table in that game against the Rams. I for sure think going to decide the NFC West. All right, let's get into these matchups. Man up on Hawk Talk. All right, we've mentioned his name plenty so far in this podcast. We're going to start with Carson Wentz versus that Seahawk defense. Now, Carson Wentz, 220 for 337 for 2,326 yards, 14 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, four fumbles lost. He has 18 turnovers on the season. Only the Cowboys mm. and Broncos, as a team, have more turnovers than Carson Wentz. I mean, he it, it's 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 hard to watch. He's been sacked 40 times already this season. Um, he's just not taking care of the football. And I understand, don't get me wrong, he has guys banged up. I think last week he had three starters out on the offensive line. Um, but he's just making decisions and plays you can't make. On the pick six against the Browns last week, I mean, you just can't make that throw. If you're not sure, you can't float something up to a running back coming out of the fly. I mean, it's just he doesn't seem confident, and he's – it feels like he's very far removed from the guy that was the clear-cut MVP in 2017 for the injury. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, 44 carries, 216 yards, and five touchdowns. That's a sneaky little stat right there. Yeah, he's actually moving. The fact that he has five rushing touchdowns, so, like, yeah. low-key don't sleep on the man's athleticism. Yeah, when he gets into the red zone, he's going to become a threat for real. All I know is that he's in that quarterback room, and wherever Jalen Hurts is sitting, he's looking over that shoulder. Oh, he's yeah. Like, man, this young man is coming for my job. I'm going to go out and say that offseason, Wentz is gone. Hurts is the guy next year. We shall see. All right, next matchup, Russell Wilson versus the Eagles defense. Russ is 256 for 362. 2,986 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. He's also rushed the ball 55 times, 367 yards, and one touchdown. He leads the team in rushing. 
Remember that year when he led the team in everything? We don't need him to lead the team in everything. Nah, okay. man. <laughs> Reinforcements are coming this week, though. Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson. So I think that's going to change. But it's good to see Russell at least make some plays with his feet. Um, kind of going back to the 2013 through 2015 rest. Um, bounce back with a strong performance last week against Cardinals. 23 for 28, two touchdowns, no turnovers. So it's good to see Russ kind of doing what he's doing. This running game is definitely going to help complement him. And I expect him to have a big day. Man, I, I just want him to do what he did last week. I mean, people get caught up in the 31 rushes that the Hawks had. Nah, it was 21. Mm -hmm. Rush just pulled it down and ran 10 times. That's what I want to see out of him. If you don't like it, man, tuck it and run. Get down. He's great at avoiding the big hit. Keep that thing going. For sure. And then you look at the Eagles' defense. So they have the 10th-ranked defense in the NFL, 342 yards per game. However, they're pretty well in pass defense, allowing just 209 yards per game. That ranks 6th in the NFL. So they are 16th, though, in points allowed per game at 25th. So they're solid defense. They're not the best defense the Seahawks have gone up against, but they're definitely getting it done, and it should be a fun matchup to watch Russell go against them. All right, the next matchup, we have the Eagles receiving core versus the Seahawks secondary. Once again, the Eagles have had to deal with injuries, and the receiving core, Deshaun Jackson, hasn't played since mid-October. And the way that Deshaun got hurt was messed up. They were just looking for a guy to return a punt. I think their return out. Deshaun's like, hey, I'm probably one of the greatest returners of all time. Let me have a shot at it. And then he gets banged up. I always hate when OGs get hurt. There's not too many 80s babies left in the NFL. And Deshaun no. Jackson was one of them holding on to it. I hope this guy gets better soon. Yeah, it was so tough to see, man, because it was an unnecessary play. Like, he's down, then he gets hit again. His knee gets all tweaked. So, I mean, it's just been tough for this receiving course. They're always banged up. So, first-round pick, I think 20th overall from TCU, uh, Jalen Rieger. He's only played five games this year, but has uh, played the last two games. He's missed a couple games. His stats are very so-so. He's under 300 receiving yards. And then you get to talk about Carson Wentz's favorite target, Zach Ertz. He has not played since mid-October. Um, he was taken off of the IR, so there's a good chance he plays on Sunday, and that's something the Eagles definitely need because right now there's not a lot of production in that receiving room. Not a lot. Their leading receiver, Travis Fulgham, has... 31 receptions, 451 yards, and four touchdowns. I, I'll never I'll never hate on a dude in the NFL because I didn't do much. Five catches, 48 yards. I did score a touchdown, you know what I mean? But who is this guy? I just don't know who he is. You know, when you have a guy that no one really knows leading the charge, that means there has to be a bunch of injuries there. Also, Greg Ward has 40 receptions, 291 yards, three touchdowns. Now, I've watched a film on these guys. Richard Roberts can go. Yeah. Dallas Goddard, Goddard can go. I mean, they, they're solid. They're tight ends, but they're no Zach Ertz. They're not Travis Kelsey. They're not Kettle. They're above average tight ends. But when you're focal point in your pass game, are your tight ends and you're not a Kelsey or a Kittle, that's a recipe for disaster. Well, it's tough because if you can't stretch the defense and you can't test uh, the Seahawks secondary every play and you're not concerned about getting beat deep, you can play way more aggressive. Now you got Jamal Adams causing havoc. Now you got Trey Flowers and hopefully Shaquille Griffin. If he's back, they're being physical in line of scrimmage, maybe saying a little bit more press man. Now you got the defensive line getting more active. So without a deep threat, I think that's really going to help the Seahawks secondary. And honestly, for the first time, it feels like forever, they're going against a receiving core where I think we've absolutely, without question, have the better players and should win that matchup. Yep, I'm with you. Should win the matchup, especially if Shaq Griffin plays. It seems like he's healthy. Trey Flowers has been playing well. DJ Reed, man, sneaky pickup. I like that dude. He has a, a pick as well. All right, next matchup. Matchup, Miles Sanders versus Seahawks front seven. In seven games, Miles Sanders has 558 yards on 102 carries, 
three touchdowns. Sanders leads the NFL with a 5.7 yards per rush. What I like about Sanders is the first guy usually doesn't tackle him. Yeah, he runs hard. He runs tough and he has some wiggle and some breakaway speed. This is a, a name that not too many people talk about, but he deserves some respect. No, it's a it's a his explosive plays. He has a ton of explosive plays. I've heard Pete talk about him. I've heard Doug Peterson talk about him. The one he's probably honestly the one really good bright spot for that offense. He gets things going. Um, Eighty three yards per game is fourth in the NFL, trailing just Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Chubb. He's missed a couple games with injury. That's why his numbers aren't higher. Like we mentioned, leading the NFL with five point seven yards per rush. The dude could do it. And a little bit in the receiving game, seventeen receptions, one hundred and sixteen yards. So he's. In my opinion, he's their best player. I think yep. we have to continue to do what we've been doing, stopping the run. We completely shut down the best rushing offense in the league last week against the Cardinals, and I expect them to do it again this week. Do it again. The Hawks are ranked fourth in the NFL, just allowing 91 yards per game. Like you said, they shut down. Man, you shut down Kyler Murray, Chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake. You should be able to handle this, but then again, this is the NFL. You never know. This come ready to go. 11 balls to the uh, 11 hats to the ball, I should say, and do your thing. What's the path to victory, man? At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away, and that kick is good. The Seahawks win. It's good. It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. A hey, first path to victory. Carson Wentz wants to turn the ball over anyway. <laughs> keep the good times rolling turn the rock over 18 times he's turned the rock over this season <sighs> i feel bad for carson Wentz, but i won't feel bad on monday after after monday i'll start feeling bad for him again but i need you to be carson Wentz of 2020 and just turn that rock over oh yeah yeah i think the seahawks need to win that turnover battle i think this is a week where we can i ex- i'm expecting at least two turnovers on sunday on the flip side we got to take care of the ball last week the seahawks had no turnovers as we mentioned all year you win the turnover battle you win the game let's keep it up Run the ball. Physical run game. We saw it last week with Carlos Hyde at number 32. What it do? Chris Carson is back. I expect that trend to continue. I'm not saying run the ball 30 times, 35 times. No. I'm just saying be a legit threat. When you have Homer and DJ Dallas, two young guys who are trying to figure it out, you're not a legit threat. Now when you throw on Carlos Hyde, you throw on Chris Carson, that threat becomes real again. I hope they establish it in that first drive. So then the defense is thinking about it, and now you can open up and take your shots when you want to. And honestly, they're going up against the 25th worst rush defense in the league. They're allowing 133 yards per game on the ground, so I expect Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson to get it done there. And here's the thing, Bob. Beat the teams you were supposed to beat. The Eagles are 3-6-1. Yes, they're professionals. Yes, they get coached hard, too. But here's the thing. If you're going to make a deep run in the playoffs, you have to beat teams you're supposed to beat, and it starts on Monday night. And you got to beat them on the road. You have to be the road warriors. The Seahawks have lost three straight games on the road. You're protecting the house. You're mm-hmm. good at home. Now you have to do what you do on the road. And these next four games, I mean, I'm not trying to look ahead, but I'm kind of looking ahead. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Get it done. It starts with the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Absolutely. And here's the thing, man. I just want to remind everybody, you can listen to us on Seahawks.com. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. You can listen to us anywhere. We appreciate the love, all those listeners out there. And another reminder, Cairo Radio and 710 ESPN Seattle is your home for the Seattle Seahawks. And don't miss the Pete Carroll Show on 710 ESPN Seattle at 930 when he, he joins Danny Gallant and my guy, Michael Bumpus, the morning after every game. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Come on now. Let's go 8-3. 
That's it, folks. These guys are hitting the road to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. That's been a Hawk Talk preview edition. Week 12, 8-3 is what you want to be after this week. I'm Michael Bumpus along with Nassachobi. You guys have a good one.